When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Very busy we are on a Tuesday. Lamar was marvelous. Allen has an elbow. And we, unfortunately, are all out of pancakes. The hashtag crew is here. Let's do it. Here we go. Only one place to start. Right, one place to start brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Late in yesterday's program, uh, like the final 20 minutes or so that we were doing this show yesterday, we got the news from Shefty's Twitter account that they had fired Frank Reich in Indianapolis. And we actually speculated for a few minutes on who would make a good uh, choice to be the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And never for one minute did I imagine that that person was going to be plucked from my Tuesday lineup (laughs) and that we would forever be missing our pancakes. But as Dominique Foxworth and Mike Tannenbaum are here with us today, uh, Jeff Saturday is the new coach in Indianapolis. And that obviously, Nick... Marcus said it well, like two things can be true at the same time. We love the man and we can wish nothing but the best for him while also understanding that there are some issues with this situation. Yeah, and I think that he's capable and I'm rooting for him and I think it's possible that he could succeed whatever success is in this current situation. But I think it's also our responsibility to point out how unusual this is and how unfair it may feel to – all the coaches in, in football, particularly the coaches that are in that building, a couple of them with head coaching experience. Reggie Wayne himself is on that staff who didn't have head coaching experience, but he has NFL coaching experience and also the same playing resume that Jeff Saturday had with the same team, but he does not have the same relationship. And for whatever reason, the owner doesn't perceive him in the same way, because if you wanted to go for uh, a former player, then there's one right there that the the players on the team already know and have a relationship with and who also has some experience in that building uh, leading, albeit a smaller group, just being the receivers, but leading a group uh, on that team. And, and there are two former head coaches on the staff, for those who are not aware. I'd, most people probably aren't aware of the yeah. intricacies of the Indianapolis Colts coaching staff, but John Fox and uh, uh, Gus, Gus Bradley, Bradley are both there. But, but one way or another, Mike T, so I acknowledge fully all of the issues with it. Uh, all the people he's jumping the line in front of, all the people who've worked so hard, for the owner to actually say things like, I'm glad he has no coaching experience because those guys get scared. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) how how would you like to be every other coach in the National Football League hearing one of the 32 people who hold your fate in the palm of their hand saying something like that? So acknowledging all of that and taking Jeff out of the equation, having nothing to do with the fact that I happen to love the man and have enormous respect for him and think he could accomplish just about anything. There is a little something about the the outside-the-boxness of it that I kind of like. Outside-the-box thinking generally appeals to me. I think football is a place where there is a sameness. Everyone kind of thinks the same way. This was confirmed for me when I started uh, doing the draft for ESPN because I talked to so many people, and there was just a sameness in the way everyone views things. So, again, while I get that this is going to make a lot of people mad, there is something about the the outside-the-box nature of it that kind of appeals to me. 
Yeah, absolutely, Greeny. And he has the intangibles to make it work. Uh, I had the great fortune of representing Steve Kerr, worked with him for over a year as he wanted to transition from broadcasting into coaching, ironically. And there's a lot of the same sort of overlap in terms of the intangibles. You know, Neek touched on it. He's a great guy. He's smart. He's relatable. But now he has to scare leadership. He has to – all those men in that building that want to accomplish a lot of goals from – playing, getting another contract, young coaches like Reggie Wayne that wouldn't be a head coach. He has to help them get to where they want to go. That's hard to do when you're walking in and you're drinking from a fire hose. So it can work, Greeny, but gosh, after eight games, I just don't know what they're going to know. And there's one other thing that Nick brought up that I think uh, really bears bringing to the forefront, which was it's really hard to reconcile what Jim Ursay said with the Rudy rule from this standpoint. Under the Rudy rule, there is no sort of uh, requirement in terms of interviewing somebody else to be an interim coach. However, when Jim Ursay does say, I hope this is for eight games and many more, he's almost implying that if Jeff does well, he's going to get the job, which really flies in the face of the whole intent of the Rooney Rule, which is to have this expansive search, bring minority candidates to the forefront, hopefully some get jobs, hopefully it gets them in a position to get a job the next time around. So it's hard to reconcile some of the things that Jim Ursay said yesterday. It's also hard to like stand on the table and fight for the Rooney Rule because it's kind of been ineffective. So that aside, I'll go back to the outside-the-box thinking. I think you and I are similar in this way, Greeny, that like I appreciate and um, – like outside-the-box thinking. Sean McVay was an outside-the-box hire. Then everyone was trying to find a Sean McVay because he had some success. That same thing could be possible, so I apologize in advance, Mike, because I'm going to have to leave you at some point to become a head coach <laughs> after after Jeff has a significant amount of success. Are you sure Are you sure that he's sorry that you're going? Why are you apologizing? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, I can't have that. I mean, my, we'll just have to stop doing a show on Tuesdays. Get Up would become a four-day-a-week show. Can I push back on something sure. you just said? I appreciate that the Rooney Rule, when you say that you can't defend it because it hasn't been... Here's what I would say. The Rooney Rule has certainly not... If we perceive minority hiring and NFL head coaching to be a problem, which I think anyone who is paying any attention to the circumstances does, then yes, clearly the Rooney Rule has not solved the problem. I would push back on the idea, though, that the... I think that the, 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 the direction to take it would be to strengthen its provisions or right. to somehow add to it, not to just say, well, that didn't so, work, so <laughs> let's just forget about it. I, like, I feel like it is well-intentioned, and I feel like if you continue to work with it, it, it it's there, not done nothing. I don't, I don't think yeah, it has done nothing. That's fair, but there's, there's two. So the outside-the-box thinking, we'll put that on the back burner. Maybe we can get to that later because I think there's an interesting conversation there about that and the ecosystem that is in the NFL that like inhibits outside-the-box thinking. But to the Rooney Rule, the issue with the Rooney Rule is at the end of the day, there is one normally man who's making this decision. And the man is making a decision based on how he feels and not based on resumes necessarily. Resumes part of it, but it's based on how they feel. And there's nothing, there's no amount of interviews there's no amount of, and even when we were talking about adding incentives for like having hiring minority coaches or having a minority coach hired away from you, there's no amount of incentives that would suggest to somebody if we gave them a first round pick, that's a big deal. But that's not going, if they believe that the person that they're hiring is not the right person to hire, there's no amount of incentive that will make them pick that. So what it comes down to, the reason why the Rooney Rule is frustrating and trying to legislate this is a hard or trying to incentivize this is a hard thing to do because at the end of the day, there's no better thing you can do for your team than hire the right head coach. And if they inside, for whatever reasons, whatever biases, whatever relationships they have, 
have a hard time seeing minority candidates as potential head coaches, successful head coaches. There's no rule. There's no incentive that's going to change that. What's interesting to me, Greeny, is what Nietzsche says. Like, I don't know how you know after eight games. Like, I just don't know how you're going to know that they have Sam Ellinger and no play caller. So <laughs> if, if you believe in Jeff and you want him to be the coach for the next five years, like, how can you make that assessment after eight games? Th- that's reasonable. But to go back, Nick, to what you were saying, then what is the answer? Like, I, I think the answer is to continue to try oh, yeah. and p- put people in a position. So and, and, and the answer to me is that we need to hold the ownership, the decision makers accountable. I, I'd suggest it in, who's in the we? past. No, us in, in the media and us as fans but in the NFL. Care? So, but no, I think, yeah, they, the they may not care. The man got up there yesterday and said he doesn't know how to make sausage. You think, <laughs> right. he's, you think he's worried that's about fair. what we say on uh, Get Up? Yeah, that's fair. And um, Tepper hired uh, Matt Rule and said it's because he reminded him of himself. Right. But I think that what we should ask of them is that there needs to be a written statement. Once you interview five to ten people, you need to release a written statement for why you did not hire somebody and why you did hire somebody. Because I think that for, forces them to confront the biases that are inherent in the decisions that they make. Because I don't think, I think they leave interviews with a feeling. And so many of us do this. It's like we have a feeling after something. And then you ask them, why do you have a feeling that this is the right person? Why do you have a feeling that this is the wrong person? Then it forces them to say, this person was lacking in this area. Or it forces them to say, Actually, it's just because I feel warm and fuzzy around this guy because he reminds me of all the rest of the dudes that I hang out with. So, like, I think the accountability has to stop there. Incentivizing them, there's no incentive big enough to make them hire the person that they think is the wrong person. Perhaps. It it, it is – look, it is definitely one of the conversations that comes from all of this. And the one thing I think we would all – it's not Jeff's fault, right? I mean, he got a call, he got an offer, and he took the opportunity. So I hope that people don't hold that against him regardless of how the system is obviously and clearly slanted and how this makes a lot of other things look. Uh, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive, proud to support veterans and small businesses with their annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program, helping veterans move their lives forward since 2013. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. All right, the other overwhelming story in the NFL is the elbow of Josh Allen, which we don't really know yet how bad it is. But, Mike, when the coach, uh, Sean McDermott, said what sounded to me like nothing to the media yesterday, you said it sort of rang an alarm bell for you. It was ominous, Greeny, because he didn't just give the all-clear sign. He didn't give the, hey, well, he's playing on Sunday. We're going to have a pitch count, but he's good. And when he doesn't say that, that, in my mind, the alarm bells just go off. So, uh, more tests have to be done. And this is where it gets really interesting, guys, because I have to protect Josh Allen from himself if I'm the Buffalo Bills. I want to win a championship this year, but I want to c- compete for the next 10 years. So I got to be very, very conservative. And I was really concerned by the way Sean McDermott answered those questions. So, Neek, mm-hmm. let, let's live in a world. For those who are wondering, well, what, what are the expectations here? Uh, the expectation is that this could be from – it could range anywhere from practically nothing – to he might have to miss several weeks. I haven't heard anybody speculate that this could be something that keeps him out for the rest of the season, surgery, none of that. It's the Tommy John ligament, but he's a quarterback, not a pitcher, and it seems to be very different. So let's just live in a world where this costs them the one seed, where the injury to Allen costs them the one seed. 
What impact in your mind does that then have on the AFC? How differently do you see the AFC playoffs? Oh, it's hugely different. I, I think um, a first-round bye, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, and of course things ha- will change now that there's only one team with the bye, but I know they overwhelmingly like more than 60% tilt towards a team with a first-round bye making it to or winning the Super Bowl. So yes, that changes it. The home field advantage matters for Buffalo because Josh Allen has such a big, strong arm. The weather conditions in Buffalo would affect him less than most other quarterbacks and also like having the fans and not have to deal with the crowd like that could have been a difference in games that they played in the past and it will, will have an impact uh in the playoffs this year so it's a huge difference but the worst possible scenario is that they don't have a healthy Josh Allen honestly at this point I could care less about the first round by or the seating or going on the road and I know it's the decisions are never this clear and um but if the decision was we have to go on the road for all the playoffs, but we rest Josh Allen and he's 100% healthy, or he's 80% healthy and we get the first round by, give me 100% and we'll go on the road. I think he and they are that good that they'd rather have that than the alternative. Here's what I would say. Here's my perspective on it, Mike T, is there's one way that it could have an extraordinary impact on the, on the postseason. So let's just go through this in our minds. Buffalo. Kansas City, Baltimore, even, I guess, potentially the Jets, if you want to look at it um, that way. Unlikely, though, it may seem. Cincinnati, unlikely, though, it may seem. Hold on. Oh, sorry. All those places have one thing in common. And then there's the place that you live. If the Dolphins somehow wind up the number one seed, I think that has an extraordinary impact because I think that offense at home in January is totally different than that offense on the road. You, you, you put Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in Orchard Park, New York, <laughs> and, right? The, the, the last weekend of January, I think that's a very, very different game. Yeah, I agree. It's the last 20 years of my life, just the chess match of those northern teams, New England, Buffalo, New York, wanting Miami up there in December, and the inverse, we saw Buffalo wilt in Miami yeah. back in you know August slash September. So it's a very fair point, which is those skill players do not want to run when it's 10 degrees outside be it New England, presumably Buffalo, or the Jets. So there is a lot at stake here. And the other part, too, is like there's one team that gets the bye. Even if you're the two seed, while it's great to have that home playoff game, that one, the one seed has a disproportionate advantage in this new format. Tyreek Hill thrived in Kansas City, so maybe his blood is thinned it's now true. that he's been down in, um, in Miami. I resemble How- that comment. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do think that there's something to be said for Tua, being in those conditions because the big criticism of him is arm strength and being in a windy, cold conditions, you may not get the same version of Tua that you get now in ideal conditions. Greeny, where do you get your question answered? Because they still have to go up there in the regular season, so it's going to be a fascinating. Where game. do they? They go to Buffalo, right? Yeah, they, they played Buffalo already once down there, yeah, and they and Buffalo wilted. It was a really hot. No, I remember, day. and they yeah. were playing on a short week too. Like, that yeah, was a weird right. game yep. in a lot of different ways. All right, we'll see what winds up happening. I, I, I think it is a fascinating uh, set of circumstances. Circumstances. Neek and Mike T, thank you. Mike T, thank you for jumping in here. What, what did you say you felt like you were this morning? when we I was on practice squad Paul, you know, call-up, and we had an international game, and you guys uh, signed me because I had my uh, passport eligibility. <laughs> That's exactly right. We needed him, and he was always there when we do. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate it. Thank hey, you. your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation comes on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Coming up. 
when you've been at this as long as I have, almost nothing shocks you anymore, but yesterday definitely did. We'll talk about it next as we roll on on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. So uh, yesterday, as I mentioned, when you've been doing this job as long as I've been doing it, very rarely are you shocked by any news. But I will tell you how I found out that Jeff Saturday was the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. We have a, you know, I'm on a million different text groups with different collections of people that work on our show. And on one of them yesterday, um, we were talking through a bunch of things for today. What are we doing Tuesday? What are we doing with this? What are we doing with that? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a text comes in that just says, Saturday is the Colts interim coach. And this was yesterday at 12.47 p.m. And as God is my witness, I was assuming that was just some sort of joke. Like, oh, they're just kidding around. Like, you know, someone will just say something ridiculous. And we were putting in plans for tomorrow. We'll do pancakes at this time. We'll do this at that time. All that kind of stuff. As recently as Sunday night, he was still sending pancakes to Hembo. Right? You were his producer. Yes. I woke up on Monday morning with a couple texts from Jeff Saturday with his favorite blocks of the weekend. So I assume he was not doing that if he had already iced the Colts head coaching job, right? So I think this came as a surprise to everyone, including to Jeff. Here's what I want to say. I hate it for myself when things like this happen because I am hopelessly incapable of being unbiased when it comes to certain people. And Jeff is definitively one of them. I've been around a long time and I've gotten to know a lot of people. I have had the great privilege of working with so many former athletes over the course of my career. And there's no one I admire more than I admire that guy. And if you have spent any time around Jeff, you know he is as real as it comes. He is as energetic as it comes. He is, has as much integrity as anyone you will ever know. 
He's very smart. And the thing that I think gives him the best chance to be successful here, he has as much magnetism and personal charisma, like interpersonal charisma, as anyone I've ever been around. You cannot sit with that guy for three minutes and not feel comfortable and not feel like he is one of your best friends. Just like that. And that is, I think, an extremely valuable quality for a person in that role. Now, I think what he's been given here is practically an impossible job. You can't walk into, if you are going to go an outside-the-box hire like this, if you're going to hire someone with no experience, then that's something that you have to do in January and let him put together his own staff of people who he knows and trusts and who understand him and he understands, and you can start putting a plan together, and you have months and months and months to do it. You don't hire a guy and say, here, you're coaching my team today. Yesterday, you were sending pancake blocks to Hembo on text. Jim Irsay has given Jeff no chance to succeed, depending on what your definition of success is. And candidly, when you listen to Jim Irsay talk, you get, I can't imagine having less confidence. All the confidence I have in Jeff, I have exactly the inverse amount in the person who gave him this job. I'm glad he doesn't have an NFL experience. What? I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. He doesn't know how to make sausage. He doesn't like anyone who's been a coach because they get afraid and they go to analytics. Like, I don't know what any of that is supposed to mean. And I'm not 100% sure he does either. So my biggest concern here is that I don't think Jeff has a fighting chance because I don't know that anyone in that circumstance would have a fighting chance, particularly if the owner is deciding who the quarterback is going to be. And if the quarterback is going to be Sam Ellinger, then success is going to have to be measured in a, in a new and creative way. The other piece of this about all these coaches who now had to hear one of the 32 people who hold their fate in the palm of his hand say, I'm glad he's never been a coach before. I can't imagine being a coach, white, black, or otherwise, who hears the owner say that and think to yourself, I've been grinding away my whole life, sitting there analyzing tape until 4 o'clock in the morning. I haven't seen my kids in two and a half weeks. And this guy says, I'm really glad this guy has never been a coach before. I mean, that is a verbal slap in the face to every one of the people who are out there grinding and killing themselves to try and get jobs like these, of which there are only 32 in the entire world at any given time. So there are so many things about this story not to like. None of them have anything to do with Jeff Saturday. And so that is where Marcus, I think, said it well on TV with us this morning. Both things can be true at the same time. But I will root for him like crazy. I, the only scenario, look, I don't think his team is making the playoffs this year as any chance. The only way I would root against his team in any game this year is if they played the Jets in the playoffs. I would root for the Jets against him. I would not root for anyone else against Jeff. I, I, I really, I admire and like that man so much. Um, and, you know, I spoke to him briefly after this and whatever. Just, you know, he's got his plate full, so he doesn't need to sit around and reminisce. Um, but uh, th- those are, I, I, I figured with him being as connected to us as he is, it, 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 it would uh, 
behoove me to offer some thoughts on what happened here, and so I will give them. You obviously have worked with them, Hembo, quite closely as well oh, yeah. through this season and last. What are your thoughts here? Here's the one high-level thing that I think needs to be said and the point that needs to be made. Yesterday on this show, you used the forbidden word. You used the word tanking to describe things that are being whispered about NFL circles as it relates to the Colts and Matt Ryan's benching and you know, the second half of the season. What I can say for sure with 100% certainty based upon my relationship with Jeff and what we know about him, is that if Jim Irsay said, I'm hiring you to lose games, he would not have taken the job. Completely agree. Without question, Jeff Saturday is going to try and win every single game he coaches. They might not throw a single pass, by the way. <laughs> but what I can say for sure is that you won't see the Colts tanking the second half of the season. And I suppose if there, we can take sort of any consolation in this sort of weird hire, sort of out of the box, out of the blue, it will be that. They're going to try to win every single game they play the rest of the way. I, I, I could not possibly agree with you more. Of all the things you've said to me on this show, that's the rightest one you've <laughs> said. And I'm mad at myself for not thinking of it. So I'm delighted that those words got spoken aloud in this conversation. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Now, either uh, Nuno or Bubba typed this into the Google Doc, and, and I had forgotten about this. But Nuno, it was this you? It's a yeah, pretty good point. Yeah, it was me. This is the most important thing that happened yesterday. Go ahead and say it. The most important thing happened is that your idea a couple weeks ago, as always, ahead of the curve on things, mm-hmm. of you becoming the head coach for the Wisconsin Badgers is now looking more and more like a likelihood. Like, it makes sense. There is precedent for an outside-the-box hiring of this kind. For those of you who were not with us back when this happened, when um, Wisconsin fired Paul Christ, we had a conversation here about how because they're a state institution, they actually have to post that job. So the NFL has the Rooney Rule, and this, in the state of Wisconsin at least, they actually had to post for that job. And so we decided I'm going to apply for that job. Now, as other jobs come available on the college level, I'd rather coach somewhere else because I don't want to coach against Northwestern. I don't want to coach in the Big Ten. I don't want to coach against Northwestern. But if Jeff Saturday can become the head coach, can just walk off the set of Get Up and become the head coach of a football team, why can't I? I get that he played. I guess that's a big difference. (laughs) There is one big difference. He's probably going to the Hall of Fame as a player. I'm in some halls of fame, though, are different ones. But I mean, I, 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 there is an outside the box nature to this that I like. What are the okay? Let, let's just analyze this for a second. What are the qualities necessary to be a good head coach in the National Football League? I think the first is just natural leadership, and Jeff has that coming out of his ears, I mean, oozing from his pores. Charisma, vision. Dedication, the ability to inspire other people. He's got all of those. You also, I think it helps a little bit in the world in which we live today to have a little bit of a selflessness to you because coaches are so filled with ego. And I'm not saying Jeff isn't that, but he also has a little bit of a selflessness about him that I think will make him much more inclined. Offensive linemen tend to be this way to share the glory. Mm. Share the credit. It won't be all about me. It doesn't have to be all about him. So I think he has a chance to be a very good coach. So would I, by the way. But that's a sidebar to what is obviously the most important part of the story. Again, how do you measure success for the Colts? 
if you're them. And oh, by the way, how do if if let's say he goes, what are they now? Three, three and one. What are they? Three, three, five and one. Three, five. Oh, three, five and one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're terrible. So so if let's say they win, three, five and one equals eight, nine. So they've got eight games left. So let's say they go four and four the second half, pull off a couple of wins, start looking much better at the end of the season. And Jim Irsay wants to hire him. How in the world are they going to talk their way around the Rooney rule piece of this? Like after the owner already said what he has said, like it's such a mess. Like he just makes a mess of everything. It feels like to me, the owner in that situation, because like, I don't, I don't know what constitutes success there, and I don't know how they go about trying to explain it when you consider the way these things go. All right, we have a million other things to get to today, but we'll leave it uh, for the moment at that. Let me very quickly ask then uh, to Bubba, did we win the Powerball? I assume from the fact that you are here today that we did not. Well, it was so- something weird happened with the Powerball where last night there were they didn't they delayed the drawing. There was some sort of sketchy nonsense that happened where the drawing didn't happen last night and it just happened this morning. They released the numbers this morning. So I have not been able to check the numbers. So the potential built, I think it's up to $2 billion now, $2 billion winning tickets are just sitting in my car right now. In the car? In the car. You left it on the air? In the car? What? Yep. You left. We have $2 billion sitting <laughs> right out in your there. car. Right out there. Do you have armed security around it? No, they're just sitting there. See, this Unlocked. is. Unlocked. This is the Unlocked. Dumb, you have, you have, here's the dumbest thing in the entire world. See, let, let me explain something to you, Bubba. If I handed you $2 billion $1 bills, <laughs> would you leave them in the car? No, that doesn't sound smart. No, no, it doesn't sound smart. So why would you leave the Powerball tickets? We have. What are our chances of winning this at this point? Probably like twenty percent, twenty five percent. There's I like a one in that, four yeah. chance oh that we have two billion dollars sitting in your car. Where in the car are they? They're like in the uh, middle console. In the middle console of a car, just in the ESPN parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? Just out of curiosity, why would you not? What are they? You don't have room in your pocket for them. Why would well, you leave I feel like them in the, in the pockets, car? They're going to come out. They're going to fall out. I'm going to, you know, go get them. Have you got a bag of any kind of backpack? I feel like that's the most secure place. You get them. You put them there, and then when you leave, you go check them. That's that's the most secure place. That's not the most secure place. Not the most secure place. You know what's a more secure place? Everywhere. Mm. Everywhere is more secure than just leaving them in your car in the ESPN parking lot. Oh, my goodness. Do you see what I have to overcome here on a daily basis? This is very frustrating. All right, we've got a lot more football to get to, and we'll also explain why the most interesting thing that happened in sports yesterday got very little attention, but believe me, it will. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We all know the game's not over till it's over. So next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Uh, any word, Bubba, on the lottery tickets? Did you were you did you retrieve them from the car during the commercial break? Uh, are oh, they that, still just sitting to there? Happen? Yes, we're supposed to get the tickets, the oh. Powerball tickets, the two billion dollar tickets out of your car. Well, we think uh, Nuno was checking. It sounds like no one won um, at all. Which is crazy. So we might have still won some money. No, right? I agree. Yeah, we might have won eight dollars again. Um, but um, but no, I, I didn't get them. Um, they're still just sitting there enjoying themselves. All right. Well, so if no one won the two billion dollars, I'm a little less worried about it. We we, we have a, a lot to say about this Powerball business, and we will <laughs> a little bit later because it is gonna it's gonna come back to bite Hembo in a huge way. But there's something that happened in sports yesterday that got extremely little attention. And I guess it's because there are other things happening and maybe there is some level of fatigue with this story. But I think it will eventually become a very, very, very big deal. And let us explain, Hembo, what, as of today, the names Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Rafael Palmero have in common, and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire do not. So Sosa and McGuire are not on the ballot, and the other players that you mentioned, Palmero, Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens, are. Now, the ballot specifically, so here, here's the deal. Yesterday, the Baseball Hall of Fame released an eight-player ballot that will be considered by what is called the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee. This is a group of players now whose greatest contributions were made since 1980. The players uh, are eligible for this ballot. They're put on by what is called the Historical Overview Committee. So 11 people decided that these eight uh, players are going to be eligible for the Hall of Fame again, even though their eligibility expired from the writers, next month. So next month, there's going to be a vote. There are 16 people on a committee. 12 votes get you in. And so there are a variety of ways that people, players, executives, umpires, etc., can reach the Hall of Fame by way of not being elected by the writers traditionally. And Bonds, 
Clemens, Schilling, and Palmero are all eligible next month to go to the Hall of Fame. So I put Schilling in a completely different category. Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, Sosa, and McGuire were all people who would have been locks to be first ballot Hall of Famers, but for the steroid controversy that surrounds each of them. Uh, Rafi Palmero's career has been largely forgotten because he wasn't on teams that won a lot, but... uh, he had 3,000 hits and 500 home runs, right? right? So I mean, like half a dozen people to do that. Yeah, I mean, he, he had as productive an offensive career as basically the sport has ever seen. Mark McGuire obviously was the first to break Roger Maris's record for a season, as ridiculous as that feels now to say. Um, Sosa is Sosa. I, so, so to me, I've always felt it's a package deal. You either put them all in or you don't. Mm. Again, this is separate from Schilling. You either put them all in or you don't. So I'm not 100% sure. And are there interviews to be done with these people? If you're separating Bonds and Clemens from the group, I'm good with that. If, if, if the decision they're making is we're going to take Bonds and Clemens because their careers are so much greater relative to the even to the others, Palmero, Sosa, Maguire, I'd buy that, right. I guess. But including Palmero and not including Maguire and Sosa feels odd to me. It feels odd to me, too. So these 11 player, uh, people excuse me, on the historical overview committee are named. They're not famous names. They're people that presumably had meetings and decided these are the eight players we're putting forth. But to exclude Maguire and Sosa, to include Bonds and Clemens, and also throw Palmero in, who is a steroid guy, strikes me as a logical inconsistency. Right. So I don't fully understand that one way or another. These names are going to come up. Right. I have always said I believe Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens both belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, or I haven't always said that. I didn't start out by feeling that way. But over time, my position evolved. Kurt Schilling, meanwhile, is an entirely different case. Kurt Schilling, it strikes me. Now, his... Uh, resume as a player is not as strong as Bonds or Clemens. He is, to me, a Hall of Famer because of his big game performances. He isn't the lock. I mean, uh, 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 Roger Clemens is the best pitcher that baseball had after World War II, and Barry Bonds is the greatest offensive player of all time by multiple standards of measure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kurt Schilling is not either of those things or particularly close. He was, however, in my opinion, easily a Hall of Famer. So if there's a line on one side of the line, you don't make it on the other side of the line, you make it absent any of the other stuff. He easily crosses the line. And it seems to me the only reason they're keeping him out is because they don't like him. That's right. Right. He has espoused any number of beliefs that I personally find horrifying and repugnant. But there are any number of people in the Baseball Hall of Fame who would be horrifying and repugnant, right? Including some of the most famous players that ever played in the history of the game. So I'm not 100% sure I understand the justification for keeping him out from that. I mean, Cap Anton's in the Hall of Fame. He erected the color barrier. And anything that you're sort of holding against Kurt Schilling happened after he was done playing. Like, this is a person whose career, obviously between the lines, was practically beyond reproach. And also, just because we can point out people are complicated, won like every humanitarian award there was and raised like $20 million for ALS. So, and that all happened while he was playing. So to me, there's a cogent argument not to vote for a steroid guy. Their career was not authentic. If you're not voting for uh, Kurt Schilling, it's because you just don't like the guy. And that's just not a good enough explanation for me. Right. I, I feel exactly the same way. And I don't like him either. I mean, I, I don't like the things he has said and things he has done. I don't know. He worked at ESPN briefly. I had almost no interaction with him then. So this has nothing to do with that. I have just followed the things that he has said and done. And, and they don't appeal to me. But that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not his career deserves to be 
um, commemorated, I don't know, whatever the word is, honored, celebrated, enshrined, whatever the word is. So those names are on there. Man. So by, by, by when, when will these votes take place? December 4th. December 4th. So by this time next month, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling might all be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's worth paying attention to. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.